everybody. Welcome back to the Five Hole Fantasy Hockey Podcast. We're your hosts today, TJ Branson, Zach Vogel, Mike Rogerson. Hey there. Hey, hey, hey. So we got the Nashville Predators for you guys today. Any storylines? Like, can this offense ever get going? They're like New York Islanders without the defense, too. And the wins. And the wins, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Brutal. Um, it, their power play sucks. It has sucked for a couple of years now. That's just how and they used to be so good. Three years ago, good, they were yeah. the best power play in the league. Yeah, they went to the uh, friggin' they went to the finals against Pittsburgh. Gave Pittsburgh their second cup because Pecorino can't do it in the playoffs. But we're gonna get there. Uh, let's start off with the top five. No surprises here. I think across the board, it's gonna be Roman Yossi. Yossi, absolutely. Yossi, he's got to be amongst the best defensemen out there. It doesn't matter if you're in a Cats league, points league, whatever. He led Nashville in points. Now, do you think that says more about the skill of Nashville as a whole or more about Yossi individually? Like, is he good enough to lead a team in points or is Nashville not good enough to outscore their best defenseman? What's, what's uh, You shouldn't outscore everyone There's... by 20 points. Fair. Yeah. <laughs> I'll say that. <laughs> the gap should have been a lot closer. Yeah, Philip Forsberg. But, I mean, also Forsberg wasn't really playing. He didn't, he didn't get a He didn't get all the games i think that forsberg should be that guy you know yeah. what i mean he should be that team leader i definitely want to believe uh, in a go. higher ceiling for forsberg yeah but uh, i mean yossi this one we don't really need to talk about too much he led the defenseman in the nhl the whole nhl by 35 shots and had one game less than brent burns second in points block and a half a game close to a hit a game roman yossi he's awesome cut and dry uh number two this is where we're gonna get gray what do you guys think Forsberg. Philip Forsberg. Philip Forsberg. Maybe not so gray. Uh, like I said, I definitely <laughs> want to believe that uh, there's a higher ceiling than 70 points or even 65 or anything. Like, Forsberg's shots per 60 is 20th best in the league. Points per 60, like, and he's got, he's 60th in points per 60. So, like, you know, it's not a great number, but still, you're 60th best in the NHL. Good hits from a forward. Shots are great. Just can't break 65 points. Seventeen, eighteen. that year that the power play was really clicking, Zach, that you're talking about. He had 64 in 67, so that's a 78-point pace. I think that's there. That's what I want to see. But without that power play, uh, it was worst, I think, two years ago, and then it was in the bottom 10 this year. I don't think he's going to be able to hit 75, 70 even. The power play needs a facelift. If John Hines can figure something out, I think Forsberg can find his ceiling. But without that power play, I don't think the ceiling's there for Forsberg. That's your guy, too. That's your guy. You're gonna you're gonna do you're gonna do your man's dirty like that. <laughs> Got to play devil's advocate, man. I do love Forsberg. I like him for the uh, the hit type of thing as well. But they're similar to to Calgary, where they had the that whole line just seems like they should be better. You know, not yeah. obviously you don't have yeah. the upside to what Calgary's big line uh, has, but I I think he'll be a, a few more points than last year. They just Maybe you've said this too many years in a row, but it's just they have to be better. They should be better, but then they're just not. Yeah. It's got to be the power play. But Ryan Ellis, my number three, figured out how to do it without the power play, top power play at least. Who do you guys have at three? I got very confused from okay. here on out. <laughs> this I is think, where it gets gray? I think it, this is where it gets really gray because it's just a whole bunch of gray. TJ, I, I think at the end of it, I... I chose Ryan Ellis as well. You want to put Victor Arvidsson there. Mm-hmm. You, you want to do it. I wanted to do it. 
but you look at Victor Arvidsson, <laughs> and he's he's just not there. He's just not there. He, you you see these sixty point seasons, and you think, okay, okay, he's getting it. You know what I mean? He's gonna maybe he is a thirty goal scorer every year. You know, maybe not. Maybe not. Dude, he's he's just not there. He he doesn't do it for the blocks. He doesn't do it for the hits. If he's not scoring points, he's not helping your team out. I couldn't put him at number three, so I had to put Ryan Ellis there for the sole fact of, well, at least he's going to get you the peripherals. Yeah, and this is not something that you think with Ryan Ellis, but 38 points in 49 games, obviously he missed some time. That's a 64-point pace from a guy that's on power play two. Either he breaks the mold on power play two defenseman here, or something was kind of up. Like the the on ice shooting percentage was huge, and just at even strength because that was where he was doing most of his damage. Three to four percent too high, which would be a twenty five percent drop. You know that's kind of probably where he should be. But he's he's still a fifty point guy from power play two here, and I think that's impressive. Two shots, two hits, two blocks rather, one hit per game on top of possible fifty points from a one twenty five ADP guy and Ryan Ellis like. I'll take that over Victor Arvidsson's 35 goals and shots, you know, 10 times out of 10. Well, I had I took the uh the the lame way out. I had a three-way tie. Depending and it was 100% depending on the league because I said if it's offense only, I'm going to take Arvidsson. If it's an all-round type of league, I'm going to take Ellis. And if it's a banger heavy league, I'm taking Barowiecki. Because, dude, oh, yeah. it's, he's he is you know similar to Edler uh, in numbers on in terms of that stuff. So if those if if banger stats count, he puts you in contention every week to win hits and blocks alone. Mm-hmm. Don't look for any points, but and pims, yeah, good for pims and, and uh, mug shots per sixty. Woof. So Victor Arvidsson, his ADP one thirty seven. So you get him around later than Ryan Ellis. I don't know. I, I know that Arvidsson gets faded a lot. And he almost had a 50-goal year that one year when he was shooting 17.4. He had, what, like 38 goals in 43 games or some shit? Like, it was or just just crazy. It was, it was less than that, or 53 games or whatever. But I don't think I buy into that, Arvidsson. I think he's a 30-goal guy, like you were saying, 35 in a good year, 40 in a shooting percentage bender. Always a threat for 250 shots, but I think outside that. Oh, I think he's a 25 goal player. I I think that that's that's right where I see him. Well, comfortably, I'm saying comfortably, I see him at 25. Okay, it was. I mean, but he certainly can get 30. He went from 34 down to 15 in a year, and his uh, his shooting percentage went down. But was I thought was most notable with the same minutes, same deployment, same games. He took 70 less shots. I think his time on ice went down, didn't it? In uh, that shortened season where he was scoring off the hook, he had like 18 or 19 minutes. In this most recent year, it was like 16. Yeah, not yeah. that's not enough to make you lose 20 goals, though. Fair. Um, yeah. But he's 70 less shots. You show shots. me a guy with three minutes average time on ice who hits 20 goals by the end of the year, so yeah. good point. You know, one thing I, I will say I do hate about Victor Arvison is I feel like Every single year, there's always a Victor Arvidsson owner that's trying to sell me Victor Arvidsson. <laughs> yeah. 
like at this super jacked up price. Yeah. Yeah, it is 40 And they're like, price. oh, well, hey, uh, it, it feels like me talking to Raj. They're just preaching potential. <laughs> they're just always preaching potential. They're like, oh, let me, let me get, uh, you know, Austin Matthews, Victor Arvidsson. He did 50 goals. <laughs> he scored 34 goals once. Outside of uh, Gorbieski, like, that's, I mean, that'll lock you up for, for hits. Who are the other possibilities at number five here? I had a question mark. I did too, but it was between two players, Duchesne and Johansson, Ryan Johansson. In Hansen? Yeah, I, I can never get that one right. <laughs> in Hansen. Well, there's like Marcus Johansson, take... Ryan Johansson. Like, <laughs> I get mixed up. That's fine because it should be Duchesne anyways. Yeah? Yeah, he had the second best points per 60 after Forsberg. Um, his shooting percentage is way, way, way down from his career. I think he'll. Uh, I think he should bounce back a little bit. So I'm gonna I'm gonna try and argue the for Johansson here, but I I do agree that Duchesne has the higher ceiling, like without a doubt. Think of the line mates that he's gonna have this year. Last year it was Granlund and Forsberg, and sometimes Kelly Yarncroke. But this year, Daily Faceoff is projecting Tolvanen and Kunin, which is good for Kunin, but it's bad for the douche. Like I don't think this, <laughs> that's a good thing to have. You know what I mean? Like if you're Ryan Johansson with an upside of sixty to sixty five but you're playing with Forsberg and Arvidsson or you're Duchesne whose ceiling is 75, but you're between possibly Tolvan. I think that's DFO just being froggy. It's probably going to be Yarncroke and Kunin. Uh, the Jofa line came back in the playoffs and for what that did in the playoffs, it still showed that John Hines was comfortable with the Jofa line. And I think that is, that's going to be the line Forsberg, Johansson, Arvidsson. And I think it's going to be Yarncroke and Kunin alongside Duchesne. Duchesne's going to get the top power play. Well, we already talked about, like, the past two years, their power play is just trash. So that's kind of why I had Johansson ahead, and he's great for assists, but that's about it. Like, And I also want to say that in, in a cap league, you're probably not taking either of these guys. No, probably not. No. I think, like, as much as I rag on, on potential, I think Duchesne has the kind of potential as in it can't get worse. The team can't get their power play can't get worse. It's gotta get better. No, I I don't want them by any means. I just there had to be somebody at number five. As far as who I would way rather have if I could get would be Kunin, just because I li- mm. I like him better. Yeah, I, I do like him too. Nobody wants to own Duchesne. <laughs> Zach, what was your question mark? What was behind it? Um, <laughs> it, no, no, I agree. It was between those two players. I I wanted to say Duchesne. I did. I I wanted to say Duchesne. I've never really seen... Like, I I feel like I'm still waiting for Matt Duchesne from when he was on Colorado. Or Ottawa. That was a fun Matt Duchesne. Well, I'll tell you what. The thing about him on Ottawa is the fact that he had so much more time on ice. Yeah, he was a medium fish in a small pond. He had so much he had so much more time on ice. He was utilized so much more in in almost every situation. And now on Nashville, you know, nobody's getting over 17 minutes a game. I think uh I think Philip Forsberg is the only player, uh the only forward, you know, in that top 6 that get that gets over 17 minutes time on ice. So, if they're not really putting you know, they're not putting anybody out there for 18, 19, 20 minutes per game. 
those points that he is capable of getting, that ceiling that you're talking about, I don't know if that is his ceiling anymore if he's getting two less minutes time on ice. Yeah, I'm trying to find. Uh, Duchesne had the most even strength time on ice. Forsberg right behind him. And then power play time on ice. Um, Forsberg edged him out. So I think they were about even, Forsberg, Johansson, and uh, Duchesne. At least on the power play, because they were all stapled together. And still not breaking 17 minutes. When he was on Ottawa. Yeah, you're right. When he was on Ottawa, he was around 19. Yeah. So that'll help. And I think he had Stone there, too. Was that before or after Stone got traded? Uh, That was one before and one after. All right, uh, depth. I think Luke Coonan is a good way to, to start off. I think he was more exciting in Minnesota, but could still be a good fit. Like all the, the things that we were excited about Luke Coonan in Minnesota should still ring true in Nashville just without the, the opportunity to move up the lineup as much because, I, I don't know, I, I feel like Minnesota, like the path of least resistance was a little less resisty than it will be in, in Nashville. <laughs> Less resist. Fair enough. <laughs> like, uh, I couldn't think of it. If but, uh, uh, leads my depth for sure. If he gels with Duchesne, like I think it's it's just such a huge if is what it is. Yeah. is is the problem yeah. there. But I like the guy, and and in the gut test column on fan tracks, I'd put a big check mark yeah, there because right. uh, he looks great and he he's uh, he tries real hard. So. Great guy. Hopefully that Loves helps. The game. He looks like he's going to murder someone half the time, which is usually a good sign. It's a good sign. I did have uh, Boriaki here too, man. So yeah. he was part of my depth. Uh, Matthias Ekholm, he's good for a little bit of everything. Half point per game. Great blocks. Hits are okay. Shots are good. Some power play time on ice, but uh, yeah. I had a question mark depth. It was a question to you guys. Do you think there's anything to Nick Cousins? No. Okay. No, he was he was on the Flyers. He was on Arizona. Um, I think he might have even been in Vegas for a little bit. I can't remember exactly what happened to him after Philly. But, um, yeah, you, you didn't really hear his name anywhere else. I don't think you're going to hear it in Nashville. Right on, right on. That couldn't be better said. <laughs> and then uh, is, I mean, Yarncroke had 15 goals last year. You think he's worth yeah. a stream from time to time? For sure. Absolutely. I, I said his name a lot of times last year. Yeah. <laughs> He's a lot of fun. Uh, Yakov Trenin is somebody that's worth mentioning, too. He's He took some line one shifts. He's good for hits. Um, you know, he he's looks kind of like a fireball. weird song bitch, doesn't he? <laughs> he's going to be a fireball. Uh, whether or not he gets, like, primo minutes or anything, like, that's kind of what I want to see, how it plays out. But um, I know our boy Tom, Tom Tron, is a big fan of Trenin in a lot of our dynasties. So, like, dynasty is a good look. Um, I think the depth is going to catch up to him. Like guys like uh, Igor Afanasyev, I think, you know, I'm butchering <laughs> that one correctly. Uh, and then guys like Tolvanen are going to wind up outranking him eventually. But for what it is right now, Trenin could probably get some good Two hits a game. Two hits a Tolvanen. game. Tolvanen. I really want it to be Tolvanen and Tomasino so we can have the Toto line. <laughs> Uh, let's get, let's do the, uh, the goalies right quick and then we'll, we'll move on to these interesting prospects. I do like their prospects. Uh, well, I like Philip Tomasino and Yarrow Askarov too. So 
Pecorine and UC Soros. Zach, it's been, you know, like a broken record here at five hole that Soros should get the nah. should get the torch by now, but I still think it's gonna be annoyingly close to fifty fifty with Soros getting the edge. What I want to talk about here is mostly, you know, Connor Ingram down in the in the in the minors, UC Soros being a younger guy, I think he's like twenty six or something like that. And then you draft somebody like Yaro Askarov and you figure Ilya Samsonov who was drafted in 2015 and is finally transitioning into a starter come 2021, kind of started to see it in 2020. That was five to six years. So Askarov, we're going to wait five to six years, most likely, unless he takes like a Carter Hart type thing and we see him in three. For Ingram, I'm curious to see what happens because he was the guy that was supposed to take a backup role or even fight to unseat UC Soros. What do you think happens to him? Is Does he just become a trade chip now? Or, like, because Connor Ingram could very well unseat Soros, but I think Askarov is a staple. That's Askarov's net, in my opinion. Like, if the it's, hype it's gonna, is true, it's gonna be. if the hype yeah. is true, that's Askarov's net. So, to me, it's between Soros and Ingram, who's two years younger than Soros. He's got to beat one of Askarov or Soros to get an NHL spot in Nashville, at least. So, it could be an exciting trade chip, but I think he could also be a stable backup who could potentially unseat Soros. So I think, like, at one point, they're going to have to trade one of these three guys. They already got rid of Troy Grosnick, I think, or maybe he just re-signed somewhere else. But Ingram, highly touted goalie prospect, you know, he could get two years as a backup, three years, something like that, if if Rene, I think he's on the last year of his contract. So Ingram could start seeing some reps. But as soon as Askarov comes in, we've already said that's his net eventually. Sure sounds like it's going to be. I just have a hard time looking at the numbers that Soros has put up and wanting to get rid of those. Even when Nashville was bad the last couple of years, the worst he's ever been is a 914. You know, he's been as high as 925, but he's he's I think his average overall is 918 for his career so far. It's uh, I'm that's, just thinking about this. I got a perfect pun for it, too. I think you guys are going to dig it. This Fleetwood backup love triangle here. Is it good? Like, if you had to rate that pun, Fleetwood backup, like six, maybe five or six. Um, um, but anyway, I, I think, you know, you got three goalies and only two spots. That was the Louis Erickson of puns. Oh, man. <laughs> no, it's better. <laughs> yeah, it's a tough situation. It's a tough situation, but, I mean, I guess technically right now they have four, but Rene is already over the hill, obviously. What do you think, Zach? I'm sorry, what? <laughs> okay, never mind. <laughs> no, I'm I'm like, I, I zoned out for a second, to be honest with you. With the, uh, the three-way um, goalie situation between Ingram, Askarov, and Saros. Understood. <laughs> uh, Philip Tomasino, can we move on to him? I got uh... I, I was going to say something. Yeah. All right. Go for it. Uh, but no, no, it's it's fine. You just uh, you just move on. I I'm gonna agree with you. Connor Connor Ingram's gonna go. Askarov is is gonna be the guy. UC Soros is gonna hold down the net for the next five to six years, just like you were talking about. And Pekka Rene is gotta go. I've been calling for his head for the last three years. Yeah. It's like the slowest transition ever. They they need to just they need to just cut it out because they're gonna. <laughs> You know, well, it, it, it looks bad. It, it doesn't look good. Yeah. Uh, th- those are one of those kind of things where uh, it's like a Band-Aid. You, you got to just rip the Band-Aid off. I think uh, I was thinking of like somebody, you know, kind of on their deathbed saying, don't remember me like this. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's, exactly. That's where we're headed, maybe. I, I'm sure I'm being so, too harsh. So then that, that's why it's a perfect situation for yeah. like, 
a team like Chicago to go get somebody like a Pekka Rene. If it works, it works. I was going to make a comment that would just get me absolutely lambasted in Canada, but I think I'm going to say it. Uh, I would rather go Kurt Cobain than go out like Neil Young is. Fair. Just old and grizzled and remembering how good you were way long time ago. Which is ironic because didn't Neil Young sing it's better to burn out than to fade away? (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Now he's old and arguing with himself. Uncle Ricoing it, if you will. (laughs) Phil Tomasino. Traded from the Ice Dogs to the Oshawa Generals mid-season, point-per-game pace went from 158, 1.58 point-per-game, to 1.65. Finished fourth in scoring behind Rossi, Perfetti, and Connor McMichael, three guys who, if you're into prospects, you probably know their name. The Oshawa Generals were a much better team than Niagara, and Tomasino was dumped into a new system with new line mates, and his points-per-game actually went up a little bit. That tells me enough about a player that I think he's got, number one, he's got nothing left to prove in the OHL. Two, doesn't rely on his line mates to produce. And three, he's a play driver that makes his line mates better and not vice versa. He doesn't rely on his his line mates for production. He's the guy that other people rely on. So I'm all in on Philip Tomasino. Anybody that's in a dynasty with me um, knows exactly that. Like, I'm all in on Philip Tomasino. Sign me up. Uh, yeah, it, it's got to be Philip Tomasino, number one. I mean, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I know how much you love this kid, but it's for a reason. It's for a reason. He is legitimately incredibly good. I think in a couple of years, they, they have a good thing going. They'll, they'll have Coonan. They have Tolvanen. And then they have my favorite name out of all prospects ever. And that is Gunnar Wolf Fontaine. Yeah. <laughs> he is, is that not the coolest name you've ever heard your entire life? His name is Gu- Gunnar Wolf Fontaine. Sounds like he sings for Sounds the like darkness. Sounds like a fake name. Nando Eggenberger, Sounds- man. <laughs> that he is sounds like good. a character. He sounds like a character from like a '70s cops show. <laughs> to me, it sounded like a like an entree at a German restaurant that mostly dealt with cheese. I thought he sounded like the singer for the darkness. What <laughs> <laughs> of those? Um, I don't know too much about anything about uh, Gunnar Wolf Fontaine. <laughs> being completely honest, no. trying to look just up something a, here, just as just a name. As a- just has a really cool name. I just love his name. I would I would draft him just have the the coolest name. I'm gonna I'm gonna draft an entire team of just cool name players. <laughs> uh the the prospects I have left are Igor Afanasiev, Zach BFG. This kid's six four, two hundred pounds. Good shot, good playmaker. Just over a point per game with Windsor Spitfires. Ellie Tolvanen should get a look this year. Good shot volume in the KHL, over three a game. Um, I think this is the year that we that we do see him maybe in a top six role. Nashville still has 13 million in cap space with only Coonan to sign. So they could go out for somebody like Hoffman or Duclair. But if that doesn't happen, uh, I think Tolvanen could see some top six spot, some time. And David Ference, dark horse, top D pick here. He's following almost exactly what Dante Fabro did. Fabro left Boston U and then Ference just stepped exactly into his role and pretty Pretty swimmingly, too. Like, point per game was 1.26. Fabro was under point per game. So if you were high on Fabro, you should be higher on Ference, just based on, like, pedigree and outpacing him in exactly the same role. I guess that leaves value picks here in Nashville. Who do you guys like? I think a lot of those guys you can get at a good value, uh, other than Yossi. <laughs> Yossi will go yeah, where he should, sure. probably. Yeah. 
He's the he's the only high value guy. I think everybody else you can get a good value. I wonder where someone like Philip Forsberg is going because I do see him having the possibility of, you know, breaking that 65-point barrier because he can do it. He is certainly capable of doing so. So I'd like to think that he is probably your best value pick. I like UC Soros, man. I I feel like he kind of gets faded a little bit just because, oh, you know, timeshare goalie, who wants that? I do. I want UC Soros, especially if, like, your minimum is only three a week. And if it is a condensed schedule, you're going to be getting four games a week out of most teams. So all Soros has to do is start two of those games, and then your other goalie can probably fill the one minimum. I think you'll get good stats out of Soros and probably at a pretty cheap price. Three or four years ago, you didn't want a timeshare goalie, but now there's like 90% timeshares, so it's not yeah. it's not a detriment so much anymore. We're going to have to get used to it, man. Like That's the, that's the way the league's going. It's the way she goes, Ricky. Outside of uh, outside of Yossi, I think, like you guys are saying, if you want somebody from Nashville, you can probably get them. Either you'll get what you paid for, or they'll you know hit a ceiling. Maybe. Who do we have tomorrow? I think it's uh, Florida. Maybe? You got Columbus. Columbus and Florida. I forget who had a higher points percentage. Florida. All right, guys. Well, that's going to be curtains on Nashville tomorrow. We're going to have the Florida Panthers to talk about and a couple vacancies there. I think you know top two is about it and then it starts to get gray that's gonna be a fun one we're gonna bounce sergey bobrovsky scenarios off each other that's so exciting mm-hmm. uh, ouch. <laughs> ouch. but uh tomorrow you guys can catch florida with us and if you want to catch us in the meantime you guys are more than welcome to give us a follow on twitter at fhf hockey you can chirp us there you can chirp us in the discord if you want to join and talk more fantasy hockey with you know hundreds of guys that are just fanatics i haven't met a more fanatic group than the guys in there uh, and until then guys we love you love you love you